Hello, everyone, and welcome to season number two of Culinary School Stories, the weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people from around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach, and I'm your host, and this season I am back with 25 more fantastic episodes of interviews I have had with chefs who have shared their culinary school stories. For example, how did they choose which culinary school to attend? Um, Johnson & Wales was not my first pick. Uh, I was really, you know, this is 2008 when I'm in heavy consideration. Uh, I knew about Culinary Institute of America, more like I've heard of it. Um, I was looking at a local community college and... When we started the tour, and I was looking at the pastry center, and they, of course, it's the fishbowl, you look through the window and you're looking at what everyone's doing. It was um, advanced cake and, and baking. But when I saw those cakes being created, it was fondant and just stunning, you know, pipe work. I looked at my mom and I said, this is it. This is it. What was orientation of the first day on campus like? Oh yeah, I mean you had that big like like herd assembly, you know, no one really knew where they were going, but there was people everywhere that was like directing, you know, and and if you've ever been to the Charlotte campus, you know, it's kind of almost like separate separate blocks there in the downtown area. So like we would we were constantly crossing the street, go to the library, get our books, get our knife kit, go over here get your uniform, you know, and they're like, oh, next day you gotta have all this ready. Make sure you press everything ready. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a big to do. It was different. I don't wanna like equate it to like the military, but it kind of felt like that where you were just you were shoveled in and you gotta go. There's tons of people behind you and you know, grab your stuff and go to the next station. So they gave out the uniforms and you know the knives and everything. But then the first day in class, I was just like, you know, trying to be cocky, you know. So <laughs> the chef was like talking and talking and talking and then I was not paying attention. The next minute I look around and I saw all my classmates that were writing down everything. So I'm like, oh, I better pay attention. I said so. And so the next day, the next minute, the chef was like, all right, let's go to the kitchen. And so I'm like, I'm in trouble. I was like looking at my classmate, one of my classmates that was like right next to me. And I was like, so I kept asking and then he looked at me and he goes, next time you better listen. I like, okay, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> it was it was a little nerve wracking, but it was fun. I remember the big thing was everybody was trying to figure out how they were going to hem their pants for the next week. Because you get these checks, you know, they're about, I don't know, a foot too long because they're kind of one size fits all almost. And, you know, they're like, oh, you got to have your pants pressed and you got to have your, you know, your pants hemmed and nobody knew how to sew. It was an ordeal. It was exciting, but I remember getting into my first lab um, and just being in awe of having no idea what I was doing. Like everything looked different, right? It was like the first time I'd really been in a professional kitchen, the first time I'd been really in front of a professional range, there's a real oven, there's... What are some of the things learned while in culinary school? You know, some people, you know, some people really don't get the nutrition part or don't think, you know, back then didn't think it was so necessary in our culinary training. It's just about cooking, cutting, whisking, whatever, whatever. But I really did love the nutrition class. Um, I mean, I can remember even the final way of doing the class was 
we had a family of four and you know the guy did construction work the mom did this the kids were this age and then what, what was the what were the nutritional needs for the day and how, i mean i remember all that stuff i love that class you know, it was just so intriguing and interesting to me that, that in culinary and baking and pastry arts you are such a team it's just never i um if you have a problem you work with your team you support each other through the thick and thin um you see somebody who looks like you especially when you're a minority, be it female or personal color, who's at another level that you aspire to be to, then that, that just makes it so much easier. Because if you've never seen, like somebody who's my mentor, ah, that word was foreign to me. I, I didn't grow up into this thinking about a mentor. I just, I, that, that word was just something that wasn't used back when I was in school. But say I had one, I, I don't, I couldn't have named another female person of color who was in a position that I knew of that just wasn't in my realm. And the guests also often share and provide advice to us, like... Yeah, uh, my advice to these yeah, young female chefs when they go, when they go and find a job in the Middle East, you know, they have to be very, very careful because like, you know, uh, when you're applying for a job, just be very upfront to them. Like, you know, be very, very careful because sometimes when they are advertising job, they are actually, you know, looking for girlfriends or it's not a real job because that's what happened to me. Like, you know, I was... We were all, when I was going through it, told that, you know, the aspiration was to become fine dining white tablecloth chef. You know, it was, you were kind of laughed at, looked down if you were a hospital chef, or laughed at, put down if you weren't even the country club chef or a highfalutin white tablecloth kind of thing. But, you know, things are so changed and you, you can make your mark in this industry. There are so many different avenues from being, a, you know, a, a social media star, dealing with food. I mean, every talk show basically has a food segment now. Photography, even that kind of thing. Um, you know, the personal, the personal chef thing is not going away. And these meals delivered at home, it's just nothing but getting bigger and bigger. So if you can find a niche in that, delivering whatever your specialty is, be it the healthier stuff or just good home cooking stuff, you know, that's not going away. If anything, that, that is booming. Uh, so just finding a way to be relevant and to get good food safe to other people. And that is just a taste of season two of Culinary School Stories. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. It is free and can be done through your favorite podcast app or through our website at www.culinaryschoolstories.com, which is also where you can catch up on any episodes you may have missed from season one. Well, thank you all for listening and being part of the show and being part of the Culinary School Stories podcast family. Bye-bye.